Well, praise the Lord. This is Pastor Jerry once again coming to you with the Word of God. It's always an honor and a privilege. Amen. I love preaching the Word. Praise God. Anyway, uh, I just want to thank those that have been sending me emails and letting me know how things are going. And, and those of you, too, sending uh, prayer requests. It's an honor to be able to tie our faith with yours and believe God with you for some breakthroughs and some miracles. Praise God. We just love hearing from you. Praise the Lord. And so today, we're going to dive right back into Romans 8. Who'd have thought? My favorite chapter, right? Romans 8. We're going to talk a little bit more again about aiming the mind. We've been talking about that the, probably the last maybe probably three, at least three weeks, maybe four weeks now. And uh, so again, I want to talk some more about that. But let's do a little bit of review in Romans 8 and verse 5, please. Romans 8 and verse 5. It says, For those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh, praise God. Those who live, in other words, conduct life, and that word there refers to like actions, behavior, uh, things that come out of that or uh, how to conduct life. Those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. Those who live, there it is again, according to the Spirit, set their minds, that's what it's referring to, set their minds on the things of the Spirit. Now, the word set is the word it means to aim the affection of or aim the attention or one's attention. That's where we get this uh, title. Uh, we've been talking about aiming the mind. Amen. So it means also to exercise, to entertain, or to interest the mind, which is something we kind of maybe dove into that a little bit deeper last week when we came out of uh, Philippians 4. Uh, also, it means to be mindful. Um, one of the references of that, of course, when uh, Jesus was talking to Peter, he says that you are not mindful of the things of God, but of the things of men. In other words, what he was telling him is that, listen, you, you're, you're entertaining wrong thinking here. You're entertaining wrong thoughts here. Okay, You're setting your mind in the wrong direction. All right. Now, the scriptures are pretty clear. Um, Colossians 3, verse 2, tells us, set your mind on things above. That's how it words it there. Set your mind on things above. In other words, the things of God or the things of the Spirit, like it says here in Romans 8. Or set your, uh, or, pardon me, set your mind on things above and not on things of this earth or lower things, uh, things of the natural, fleshly things, what, how it words it in, in Romans 8. Now, also Proverbs in 23 and verse 7 talks about, uh, you know, as a man thinks, okay, as a man thinks so he becomes or so he exists, which is just another way of saying as a man aims his mind, amen, it determines the direction that he goes. And that's kind of been our theme, uh, kind of weaved through this whole thing that attention determines direction, amen. Now, to me, uh, you know, there's a lot of, uh, lot of uh, ways of looking at it, but to me, you know, we're called to be high-impact, low-maintenance Christians. And that's just kind of how we're, I, I feel like believers, that's what we're supposed to be, high impact, low maintenance. Now, a lot of people are, are low impact, high maintenance, okay? Now, uh, not that we condemn anybody about that, but I have found that what's threaded through that, or what can be a major uh, determination concerning whether they're going to be high impact or low impact, or low maintenance or high maintenance is going to be where they set their minds. Amen. And it's part of, it's a, it's a disciplined uh, uh, lifestyle you've got to walk in. All right. And we're going to talk more about that as we get into it today. 
But the bottom line is, is where you aim your mind determines a direction. And it goes on here in Romans 8. Let's finish this. It says this in verse 6, For to be carnally minded, in other words, to have your mind set on carnal things, is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. It goes on to say, because the carnal mind is enmity, or in other words, it wars against God, and it is not subject to the law or the principles of God, nor indeed can be, which is a pretty blunt and in-your-face statement. It really is, because it's basically saying, if you're going to set your mind on earthly things, God really can't do nothing with you, because you're too busy being locked on down here that God, even though He's trying to communicate to you and aim you in a direction or do something in your life, if you're too busy focused on earthly and natural things, it's hard for God to do anything with your life. And that's why it says here, he says you're warring with him. Every time you're fleshly or carnally minded, it's as if you're fighting with God. He's trying to lead. He's trying to help, but you keep fighting with him. And it says and you can't be, you can't be subject to what he's trying to do, all right? And that's a pretty blunt statement, all right? Of course, I think we took a week and kind of focused a little more on that. But verse uh, 6, to be carnally minded is death which means ruin, uh, destruction, uh, chaos is, a, is another key word, okay? And, uh, but it brings out, to be spiritual minded is then life, and that word life is zoe, absolute life, which means, um, you know, pure life without death, without curse, without darkness uh, is what that word means. So zoe life, and then and peace, which irene is the uh, Greek word, Hebrew word again, shalom, which just means wholeness, completeness. It literally means to, to bring back at one, which means to bring things back to divine order, where they belong, how they should be. Uh, one individual defines it, nothing missing, nothing broken, everything functioning like it should. Amen. So I like that definition. But life and peace, or what we call death, ruin, destruction, chaos. The bottom line is this, where you set your mind determines what road you get on. All right? Now, God's trying to help navigate you through life, which was a key word we've used for a couple weeks, all right? And that's really what God's trying to do is help you navigate through everything that goes on. God isn't denying, and we are not denying, the existence of everything we're dealing with, we have to deal with, things that are going on, things that are happening or not happening, depending on what we're talking about. But we're not, even though it's all out there, God can navigate you through it so you're successful, and you can be on that road of life and peace. Amen. And I think early on when I began to talk about that, which had been a few weeks back now, uh, I talked about how, um, how the Spirit of God began to show me that, uh, that the road of, of, of death versus the road of life and peace, how a lot of times in our life they might even kind of parallel for just a little while as you're kind of navigating through everything in your life. But as you as you keep moving forward, you'll notice that they get further and further apart. Life and peace kind of heads off. And literally, uh, the word talking about God makes your way straight. Amen. Makes things right. Amen. Whereas the road of death, ruin, destruction, chaos is just, it's bouncing around through everything that's going on in your life. And that's kind of the difference of this. And again, we're going to look at more of that. Praise God. Today, what I want to do is uh, I want to jump into 2 Corinthians chapter 10, please. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And this is going to be kind of our key verse or verses, I should say, uh, today. And um, 
you can't really talk about navigating through life and being successful uh, and without uh, you know addressing that everything that goes on in your life and the direction that you take based on where you aim your mind really all starts with a thing called thoughts. I mean, that's kind of a no-brainer, right? So, you know, thoughts, you know, God has thoughts, you know, we have thoughts. In other words, that His thoughts, like towards you anyway, are life, uh, 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 peace and wholeness and completeness and a future and a hope. That's His thoughts towards you. And what He's trying to do is get you to hook up to His thoughts so that you then will think like He's thinking. And if you can hook up and connect that, in other words, aim your mind toward that, then He can begin to work with your life, help you navigate through life, praise God, keeping you on a road of life and peace. Anyway, we've again, we've touched on that quite a few times uh, through the course of this series. So let's go to chapter 10 of 2 Corinthians, and let's start at verse 3. I'm going to read about three or four verses here. It says, For though we walk in the flesh, in other words, we're conducting life, living, living out life in the flesh or natural, we do not war according to the flesh. In other words, even though we're here uh, in the flesh, in other words, we have an earth suit and we, we live and you know, occupy and do what we do you know, in the flesh. We have you know, an earth suit, a flesh body, all right? But we don't necessarily war or conduct warfare, live this thing in, 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 uh, in the flesh. And that's what he's trying to bring out. And I hope that kind of made sense there. But the bottom line is this, okay? Even though we're here in the natural, we don't have to live life by the natural. That's kind of what he's bringing out. Verse 4, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal or fleshly or earthly or natural, but what? They're mighty in God. In other words, the weapons that we use are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Now, of course, today we're going to talk about taking every thought captive, praise God, because that's really where it starts. You know, if we're going to aim the mind, then we're going to have to be really good and proficient at taking every thought captive. Now, the, thing, the first thing we got to realize and we got to get an understanding of, if he says to take every thought captive, that means that we can take every thought captive. It just takes some discipline. Amen. Most of the time people are acting. They, you know, a lot of times we use a phrase, you know, they didn't even think. They just acted before they thought, you know. But in all honesty, every action is taken and every word spoken, every uh, you know, everything that you, you know, reaction, I could say even that takes, usually is going to come out of things that you've already been thinking and been stewing on and been meditating on, and it just produces that kind of a reaction or action or words or whatever. Anyway, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but the bottom line is this, all right, that we're called to take every thought captive, and that's really where it starts. Amen. Thoughts determine things. Thoughts determine words, actions, uh, choices, decisions that you make, all are going to be based on thoughts that we are hanging on to. Now, I'm going to throw a statement at you, all right? No one lives uh, beyond their most predominant thoughts. 
okay? We never live beyond our most predominant thoughts. Now, I said predominant thoughts, okay? Every now and then, thoughts come. That don't mean that's going to determine your life. But those thoughts do come, and you have to learn how to cast down those thoughts, take authority over them, amen, take them captive, amen, and not let them dictate your life. But our most predominant thoughts that we sit and we stew and we think about determine some things, all right? And I'm just going to say this, cause and effect. It fits in this uh, uh, most, most definitely, okay? Cause and effect, all right? Because the cause would be you sitting and thinking and meditating on something. Now, if you're going to think on higher thoughts, you're going to think on His thoughts, if you're going to think on um, the, the ways of God, amen, then guess what? That's going to produce right words, right actions, right choices, right decisions, you know. But if we're going to sit and we're going to meditate on things we got no business meditating on, it's going to produce the other, other side of this. It's going to produce words. It's going to produce actions. In other words, the doing of things, all right? It's going to produce choices and decisions that are probably not going to be good. And that's just a fact, all right? So you have to take every thought captive. So let's back up in this, and let's kind of dissect this a little bit. It talks about, in verse 4, about the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God, amen, for the pulling down of strongholds. Now, a lot of weapons, we have a, you know, the scriptures are pretty clear. You got the armor of God, you got the word of God, you got the spirit of God. I mean, you got your own free will, okay, in God. Um, you got uh, your, your prayer life and communion life with God. These are all things. You got the blood of the lamb. I mean, there's all kinds of things that have been, you know, that you have at your disposal to help you with all of this, okay? I mean, when you start talking about thoughts, I mean, that, think about the word of God, how key it is to sit and meditate on God's word instead of on what somebody else might have said. You know, we are, uh, we are in a time frame in our society as a whole, uh, in our nation especially. I mean, we see it all over the world, but right now because of the timing, uh, our nation has a lot of upheaval in it. And a lot of it's just because uh, you got people that are listening to wrong voices. You got people that are listening to uh, the prophets of Baal, so to speak, okay, where they're all saying whatever they want to say to just try to stir the pot or get people upset or get people fearful or get people mad. I mean, it's just amazing what kind of stuff is said. And people get caught up in that. And, it's, and in a lot of ways, it's difficult to not get caught up in it because it's so out there, you know. But the key as a child of God, regardless of what's being said out there, regardless of what's happening, Regardless of what went down or didn't go down or happened or should, should have happened or whatever, you still are, by God, accountable for your own thoughts. See, you have a free will. You don't have to meditate on the junk, but you choose to meditate on the junk. You don't have to meditate on the good. You have to choose to meditate on the good, all right? It's a choice that you have to make. Praise God. Now, it says here that by these weapons that are mighty in God, it's for the pulling down of strongholds. Now, let's define that a little bit because one of the things that I want to try to bring out here a little bit 
is that, um, oh, what's the best way to say it, I guess, that uh, we're finding out the seriousness of, of this, okay? It's, it's warfare, okay? Anytime you start talking about warfare and the seriousness of stuff, I mean, you, you, uh, you, know, you really got to, uh, um, you got to grab hold of this. This ain't no lightweight thing. And some of the words, as we begin to define these words, we find out, um, you know, it's obvious. This is serious business. Okay, this ain't some play patty cake thing. This is, man, this is kind of in your face, get her done. I mean, life and death type stuff here, you know. And so it says here uh, to, uh, for the pulling down of strongholds, okay? Now, strongholds, okay? Well, actually, let's, let's, let's define pulling down first. The word pulling down means to demolish. Uh, it means demolition or destruction, to bring down fully. Um, uh, it even means, even uses the word uh, in here, uh, extinction. So in other words, the pulling down of strongholds means, man, you're getting busy, you're taking, you're trying to annihilate whatever this stronghold is. Now the word stronghold in itself here means a fortified place, a fortified castle or house. And I could probably spend a lot of time on this and, and have before. But um, what it is, it's, it's mindsets. Okay, it's determining about mindsets, things that have been there a long time that have literally set up house, so to speak. They're now fortified. They've been there a long time. It's a pattern of thinking. Strongholds can be a pattern of thinking. It might be maybe the best way to look at it, okay, that it's, it's mindsets. See, maybe all your life you heard something, and it developed a fortified thing up there in your mind, a, a mindset or a pattern of thinking based on things that you heard or been involved with or seen or had happen. All your life, maybe it, it began to develop a way of thinking. Well, now all of a sudden you come into the things of God, you know, the Word of God begins to say things, and God's talking to you about things, and the preacher man's talking to you about things. And, man, it's like, man, that's kind of going cross-grain with, with how I used to always think. And I think if you're any child of God that's worth your salt, if I can say it that way, you're going to be changing. You're going to be growing and developing and maturing in the things of God. And you're going to have to let go of certain things. I guarantee you, no, none of us really came out of the womb, you know, all thinking perfect. You know, none of us necessarily grew up our whole life, you know, always thinking perfect. I mean, I mean, some of you may have grew up in, in uh, households of faith, uh, in, in a home that they taught and trained you right. And praise the Lord for that. Amen. But you know as well as I do that, you know, we, we live in a society that's, that's everywhere. I mean, now with the you know, things like, you know, uh, technology and the internet and, and uh, you know, you know the, the media and all kinds of stuff, Hollywood and, and, you know, politics and all the things that are out there that are constantly trying to weasel their way into your life and into your thought uh, process. Come on now, it's there. And so if you're not renewing your mind to the Word of God and to the ways of God, the principles of God, the thoughts of God, you know, there's going to be some things there that I guarantee you, all right, that are going to try to somehow get lodged in there and fortify itself in your thinking. So you have got to have the Word, the thoughts of God, the principles of God going into you and where you're setting your mind on those things. 
Why? Because I guarantee as it goes in, there's going to be not only things you're trying to plug in, you're also going to have to renovate the mind a little bit, drive out the junk, drive out the bad. And that's what it means when it says to renew the mind. It talks about in Romans 12, it talks about renewing the mind. What that means is to renovate, all right? That means you take out old, you put in new. It's a process. And that's what's going on right here, all right? So it says that we're called to pull down strongholds, amen. Now, I'm just going to maybe say this. Um, I'll just plug it in right here. Um, you know, uh, words determine, or pardon me, uh, thoughts determine things. And I kind of made mention of that, and maybe I'll just take a, a few minutes and maybe give some references on that. But um, Proverbs 18 and, and verses 20 and 21 it talks about death and life are in the power of the tongue. And Jesus talked about, you know, the, the importance of words. He says, by your words, you're justified. By your words, you're condemned. He said, it's not what goes in the mouth that defiles a man. It's what comes out his mouth. You know, the uh, half-brother of Jesus, uh, James, and James 3 brings out, uh, you know, that, uh, uh, that, that words, come on now, set afire the course of nature. Literally can, can turn a human being one way or another. And that's why we've been talking about, right? You know, attention determines direction. Can literally set on fire the course of nature. Not only change your life, but change things around you. That's the importance of words. Now, the reason I'm bringing that out is if you got wrong thoughts going in, it's, a ma- it's only a matter of time, and it usually don't take long. And now we've got words coming out. Now, this is why I said earlier about, you know, we do not live beyond our most predominant thoughts. You will not live beyond your most predominant thoughts. It will not happen, okay? You're not going to be able to talk one thing and think you're going to live something else. It's not going to happen because death and life are in the power of the tongue. Now, the reason I'm hammering on that is because it always starts with thoughts, actions, like we read out of Romans 8, okay? Verses 5 and 6 and 7 in there, amen. All that's what it's talking about is actions come out of where you've set your mind. The thoughts that you let in will determine behaviors, will determine actions, will determine doings and deeds, the things that you do, how you conduct life and live life. Amen. Remember, you live according to the flesh because you've set your mind. In other words, you're drawn on the thoughts of the flesh or the natural. If you want to live according to the Spirit, you're going to have to then set your mind on right thoughts, right? on the things of the Spirit, things above. Amen. The other thing I mentioned earlier, like choices, for instance, in Deuteronomy in 30 and verse 19, uh, we see where uh, the Lord put before him. And in fact, chapters uh, 27, 28, 29 in Deuteronomy in there, you see God has, is putting before them the blessing, the curse, life, and death. He's trying to put before them right thinking. That this is, if you, if you want me and you want my covering over you, if you want the blessing, if you want life, then you're going to have to make some choices of life. If you're okay with the world and being exposed to the elements of the world, the curse and all the mess that comes with that, then you make a choice for that. It's your choice. But now the point I'm trying to make, don't lose sight of what I'm lo- talking about here. It all starts with thoughts. And what the father was trying to do is put right thoughts. That's why he said, listen, you know, choose life, death, blessing, curse. He said, but here, choose life. He's trying to let him out. Choose life. Do this. If you do this, 
you walk in the blessing. If you do this, you got, the, you got God's covering over you, praise God. But it starts with thoughts. I think about making decisions. You know, judgment calls on things. Uh, doing right, doing wrong, uh, doing a wise thing versus a foolish thing. All right? Making decisions in everyday living always starts with thoughts. In fact, if you get into Proverbs, you see it all through Proverbs, but Proverbs 1 is real, just starts right off, right, right away there in like verses 5, 6, and 7 in there. It talks about the difference between somebody that's making wise decisions versus somebody making foolish decisions. And it says based on what they're letting feed into them, based on what they're thinking about, based on where they're setting their attention. Are they taking wise counsel? If they're taking wise counsel, they're going to make wise decisions. They take in foolish counsel or they reject wise counsel, I think is actually how it words it. Amen. Then it says you're going to be foolish in your decision making. Now, with that, even Jesus made it real clear, and and I'll just give a reference. John 5 and verse 30 is a good one. He says that, you know, of myself, I can do nothing. But he said, he says, I I, I meditate, I, I think on what God has said or what God is showing me or what God has spoke to me. And he says, and then I make wise judgment calls. Amen. I choose life and I speak life then. I do what's right because I've set my attention on what the Father wants. Amen. And because of that, uh, my judgment, he says, my judgment is good. In other words, my judgment making, my decision making is going to be good. It's going to be righteous. It's going to be the way it's supposed to be. It's, in other words, I'm going to choose the will of the Father and not, not my own will or somebody else's will. But he says the way that works is by hearing what the Father says. In other words, setting my attention on what the Father says. Amen. Taking His thoughts. And if I do that, I will follow through with that. And he says my judgments are going to be right. In other words, I'm going to choose the right thing every time. Praise God. Now, I just threw all that out there for this reason. When we're talking about the seriousness of casting down strongholds, of, of you know, literally, what's that, that pulling down, uh, you know, to demolish strongholds, those, those ways of thinking, this, uh, how serious it is. Because you could be a child of God and have wrong thoughts that you've sat and you've meditated on to the point that now they're fortified. It's mindsets. And here you are, a child of God, you know, with everything of God at your disposal and still making wrong choices, still speaking words that are not life, still, uh, you know, uh, making actions that that do not line up with God's ways. I'm telling you, you know, uh, with everything that's going on out there right now, it is so evident what people meditate on. When you see them, somebody that's filled with fear or filled with anger or, you know, feel fear uh, or probably full of maybe depression, okay, anxiety, uh, you know, stress, all that kind of stuff. All of it comes out of what somebody sits and meditates on. And if it ain't, if it ain't thoughts that are higher, then guess what? It ain't going to produce good things, all right? It puts you on a wrong road, and now we've got, uh, you're, you're really trying to, you know, dodge the landmines, so to speak, in life. And, and most people don't, ain't real successful at that. It's just a matter of time, and, and you run over another one of them things, and we got, you know, all kinds of hell broke loose and all kinds of problems. 
and that's just the facts. Now, I'm saying a lot, kind of hammering on this real good, because I'm trying to bring out to you the seriousness of, of, of thoughts, all right, because it produces things. It not only produces a direction, it produces results, cause and effect. It produces outcomes because of our words, because of our actions, because of our choices, and because of our decisions that we make in everyday, everyday living. And all of that comes out of thoughts, good or bad, pro, con, wise, foolish. It's all based on where we set our minds, okay? Again, so it says here in verse 4 again, uh, for the pulling down of strongholds, verse 5 now, casting down arguments, okay? This word casting down literally means to lower with violence. Again, there is no playing patty cake with this, okay? To lower with violence. You know, you got to get violent with, with what you're thinking about, what you're meditating on. If it isn't right, you're going to have to get in its face, in a sense. You're going to have to get vicious with this. You are going to have to, you know, get, in a, you know, a sense, violent with getting rid of wrong thinking. All right? I hope I'm making, making sense to you here. All right? Casting down uh, to lower with violence, to demolish again, to take down. Here we go. To take down in order to destroy. That's pretty serious business. And it says arguments in my, in, the, in my translation. I got a new King James. It uses the word arguments, but it's the word imaginations, thoughts, reasonings. Here we go. Computations, which refers to stuff like, you know, estimating, calculating. You know, we can sit here in our mind and estimate this and calculate that. But, you know, there's a lot of people that are all doing all that kind of stuff, trying to figure that and figure this and figure that and figure this but they're taking it from the wrong thoughts. They're thinking on wrong things and all their estimating, all their, their imagination goes wild with this and goes wild with that. And sometimes I look at somebody, I think, how in the world did you come up with that kind of thought? How did you even think that that was right? And I mean, there, there's no common sense even to it. It definitely don't light up with the, with the book, you know, with the word of God. Amen. But people can get to, to a place in their thinking because they sit and they let that stuff just begin to kind of gradually stew on it, stew on it, and meditate on it, and meditate on it, and it get, becomes more and more fortified, more and more of a pattern of thinking, and pretty soon they start thinking their way of thinking is right when it's not. And so we as a child of God, we cannot allow that kind of thing to operate in our life. That's why the Word of God is so key. That's why hearing, you know, being around the brethren, being around the, you know, the Word of God being taught, being in the house of God. This is part of why it's so important because a lot of times if you don't watch it, we get stuck on stupid. And boy, it can happen. I mean, man, the spirit of stupid jumps on us and we let it, you know, we let it fester and stew and pretty soon we're thinking weird. We're thinking off. We're thinking wrong. Come on now. And you might look at me and think, well, maybe you're thinking wrong. No, I'm thinking according to truth. This is what the Word of God has to say. I set my mind on higher things. And see, if you don't set your mind on higher things, I'm going to tell you right now, ultimately you're going to be limited in what God can do in your life. And that's what Romans 8 was talking about. Pretty soon you're warring with God. Instead of letting God be God in your life and do what God can do in your life, amen, what happens is you're warring with Him just based on wrong thinking, on wrong thoughts. 
you got your, your mind aimed in the wrong place. And pretty soon you start thinking you're right when you're not. And next thing you know, the enemy's got an inroad, and you're now on a road of chaos, a road of destruction, ruin, death. And the whole time you could have been on a different road just by setting your mind on the right things. Come on now, by just taking hold of the right thoughts and by uh, not, bottom line is, not letting the wrong thoughts in. That's why we cast it down. That's why we pull it down. That's why we take it captive, praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Anyway, casting down arguments. And this word, uh, next one says here, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Now, this word high thing literally means an elevated place, a thing or a barrier. I thought that was interesting, and I'll explain that here in a minute. An elevated place, thing, or barrier, and that refers to things like assumptions, opinions, theories, speculating, I mean, all that kind of stuff. Now, you as an individual, you as a human being were designed to think, and you were designed to have answers. There's no doubt about it. But if you're not getting your answers from the right place, you're going to sit out here and theorize and speculate and have all kinds of opinions and draw from this and draw from that. And pretty soon you start putting it all together and you start forming your own opinions and theories. Come on now. And if you're, if you're drawing thoughts from wrong places, I guarantee you whatever you put in this little pot right here and your molding is going to be wrong. All right? No offense. I'm not trying to be critical of anybody. I'm just telling you, if you're getting your thoughts from the wrong source, there's a good chance that what you're putting together as a mindset or, you know, this opinions and theories are going to be off. They just will be. So we got to make sure the Word of God's key in here. Amen. Sometimes the reason we, we connect with brethren, we rub elbows with brethren, we, you know, we're around them because sometimes you know, when, when that wrong thing's trying to get on us, we're sitting here talking it and communicating it, and people can say, wait a minute, whoa, whoa, breaks, hold it, hold it, hold it. You're, getting, you're kind of getting off on this. Let me show you something here, all right? And the idea is to get you back in the right thoughts. You know, it's like this. You know, I, I think I made mention of it earlier, but you know how Jeremiah brings out, he says, the thoughts that I think toward you are thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. That's wonderful. That's God's thoughts towards you. But if you're not getting, you're not meditating on his thoughts, if you're not taking his thoughts as your thoughts, you're going to start thinking down on yourself or think yourself as something you're not. Come on now. You're, you're gonna, you may think you don't even have a future. You may think everything up to this point is all you got in life. You may think that, you know, my, my mistakes or my past, you know, is, is, is determining my future. Or you may say, I, I, you know, I'll never be able to do this or be that or, uh, uh, you know, be able to complete that or whatever it is. All these kind of thoughts that start hitting you as a human being just because of what we're around. Because everything else out there tries to limit you. But in God, there's no, there's no ceiling, right? There's, there's no limits, praise God. Now, the reason I mention that is because the high thing, in this verse, okay, refers to also as a barrier, and it refers to like a lid, okay? So all these things, we try to take the high things that exalt itself above the knowledge of God. So what we do is we try to put something above His thoughts, all right? And what it does now, it creates, it creates a barrier. It creates a limit, okay? And so what happens is 
all right? We're no longer now able to, you know, get past that because you never live beyond your most predominant thoughts. And if you start letting that set in as a mindset, now it's limiting God, even though God could do far more, even though there's nothing impossible with God, but you're limited because you have limited the Holy One of Israel based on thought patterns, based on thoughts that you picked up from here or there. I guarantee you didn't pick it up from God, all right? You picked it up from somewhere else. So it's a thought now that becomes literally what we refer to as a high thing that you've now elevated it and caused it to be above God's thoughts, but it says it literally becomes a lid, a barrier, all right? Now, we want to get those things removed, right? So every high thing, it says here, that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing, here we go, every thought into captivity. Every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. This word captivity means to make captive. It means to lead away captive. It means to bring under control, all right? See, we have to learn to bring every thought under control. Well, you say, well, well, what do you mean by that? Well, you, ought to, you should, every time a thought comes, you should be able to grab that thought and say, is that a God thought? Now, remember, I was a, well, maybe a week or two back, you know, we talked about the word meditate, and we talked about how you revolve something before the mind's eye. This is exactly how it works. So you take that thought, here it comes. And, you know, just because a thought comes doesn't mean that it's, it's yours yet, okay? Just want you to know that. Remember, you live, you will not live beyond your most predominant thoughts, okay? Just because a thought comes or hits you here doesn't mean it's doesn't mean you got to keep it. All right. Now the point I'm trying to make is you take every thought and you lift that up. Is that a God thing? Does that line up with the Word of God? And you say, well, Pastor, I, I don't know what's all in the Word of God. Well, you may not know what's all in the Word of God, but I guarantee as you begin to dive into the Word of God, you begin to know the heart of God. And there's certain things that you can just look at and go, man, that don't even seem right. Because you, you already are starting to, you're already starting to set your mind on things of God, on the higher thing. So now it becomes a little easier. It takes a lot of confusion out. When, you're able, when you start to learn to take every thought captive, that thing comes, you go, man, that don't even line up. Get out of here. You don't, yeah, I ain't going to meditate. I ain't going to think on that. See, I'm going to cast that down. I ain't gonna, man, I've demolished that, man. I, I refuse to let that thing in. I refuse to meditate on that anymore. I refuse to think down that road anymore. I refuse to go that way. Uh-uh, not this guy. Uh-uh. Praise the Lord. I cast down. I take that thought captive. Amen. Under the obedience of Christ. Praise God. Hallelujah. If it don't line up with the word of God, if it don't line up with the ways of God, if it don't line up with the principles of God, then I don't want it. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Now, it says to the obedience of Christ. Well, what's that? That means the word actually means attentive hearkening or hearing in order to obey. But it refers to compliance or submission or literally just refers to the obeying of, okay? So, in other words, when that thought comes, does that, look, does that, is that, that, does that line up with him? If it does, then that's what I'm going to yield to. If, I, if that's right, I take that. If it don't line up, I cast it, all right? And that's important, okay? If it lines up with him, then praise God, we take it. Now you say, Pastor, why are you hammering on this? Because your thoughts determine words. Your thoughts determine actions. Your thoughts determine your choices and your decision-making. 
which then determines your way of life. One bad choice can, can, can mess up, you know, years of your life. One bad decision can, can literally mess up a relationship in a matter of seconds. One bad, uh, you know, one bad, uh, you know, word going out uh, can produce either, uh, you know, can produce death and destruction in a situation. One bad action can, can somehow affect you for, for maybe years on end. And I'm not trying to put some kind of panic in you, but I'm trying to show you the seriousness of it. And that's why this text, there's no playing patty cake here. This is serious stuff. Take every thought. If it don't line up, get rid of it. If it lines up, hang on to it, praise God. And it'll begin to determine things because attention always determines your direction, praise God. I don't care what your past has been. I don't care what you've come out of. I don't care uh, what, when I say I don't care, I don't mean like I'm being harsh here. I just mean that it doesn't matter. Man, that's a better way of saying it. It doesn't matter what's back there. You may think that there's no way anything can turn out good for me. I'm telling you what, if you start setting your mind on the right things, it begins to determine words, actions, choices, decisions. And next thing you know, you're on the road you need to be. And man, I mean, you turn things around, get things heading in the right direction. All of a sudden, praise God, you're conquering, you're overcoming, you're soaring in God. Hallelujah. I mean, you're now fulfilling the plan of God and the will of God. You're seeing your gifts and callings and anointings in your life begin to manifest and come into fruition. Praise God. All because you began to set your mind on the right things. Praise God. Took authority over those thoughts. Amen. Praise God. Let's take a look at the last verse here. Hallelujah. Verse 6, it says this, And being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. You think, well, what is that talking about? Well, the word here, ready to punish, means prepared to retaliate, prepared to vindicate. It means to, made, it means to be made fit for vengeance or revenge. And you think, man, that sounds pretty serious. Yeah, but what it's talking about is even though you might have purposed, you said you took authority over a thought. And you said, okay. Now remember, sometimes it's just a thought that just comes and you quickly cast her down, take authority over it, whatever, and it's done. But remember, we're not for, don't forget about some of the earlier verses here when it talks about strongholds. It talks about patterns of thinking. Sometimes, you know, it isn't just going to be, you know, one minute decision saying, okay, I refuse to think that way again. Now, you know as well as I do, that probably ain't going to happen. Okay? It took you years to begin to think that way. So it may take you a little while to begin to change your pattern of thinking. So what it's talking about here in verse 6, it's bringing out that when you made the decision to, make, to choose the right thoughts, to bring your thoughts into the obedience of Christ, you have to be ready that when those thoughts that try to hit you again, because they will, when they try to hit you again, to go in the other direction, you got to get right in its face and you have got to get serious about this, be disciplined about this, amen. And like it says, be ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience has been fulfilled. In other words, you've already made the decision you're going to do what's right, but now every time something else tries to hit you again, where you're going to try to go down that road again, you got to get in its face and say, not here, not today, it ain't happening, uh-uh. All right, not today, motor scooter, amen. Anyway, praise God. The point is this, amen, you got to get serious about this. 
And, and that's just how it is. Thoughts determine things. It's cause and effect. You sit and meditate on something bad long enough, I guarantee you the words, the actions, the choices, the decisions you make will all be uh, determined by that. You put your mind on the right things, on the higher things. You choose to uh, take every thought captive and bring it under the obedience of Christ. I guarantee it's going to determine your words. It's going to determine your actions. It's going to determine your choices. It's going to determine your decision-making. Good, bad, amen, life, death, blessing, curse. Come on, wise, foolish. That all is based and determined based on thoughts that we sit and think about or meditate on. Whatever you choose to meditate on will determine some actions, will determine some words, will determine choices. I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I know I'm repeating myself, but I'm trying to bring it across to you. Amen. This is how serious it is. If you will just begin to just take thoughts, take dominion over each thought, take them captive, hang on to them, look at them, say, it's not right, I don't want it, bang, gone. Now, you might have said, well, I, that's the way I used to always think. Well, I get that, but not no more. All right, you're a child of God, growing up in God, amen, maturing in the things of God, amen. So you're going to have to take discipline on some things. That's why we talked about last week out of Philippians 4, you know, you know, whatever things are true and noble and just and lovely and perfect and those things of good report and things of praiseworthy, meditate on those things. Those are where you set your mind. Those are the things you think about, amen. You think about the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, praise God. These are all things, amen. You start putting your mind down that kind of road, amen. And I'm telling you, once you start doing it, walking this thing out isn't that difficult anymore, amen. Now, it's straight, it's narrow, it's, it's confined. In other words, there's one way, come on. But if you start putting your mind in the right things, I guarantee you, you'll be able to walk that road, praise God. And I guarantee you, you end up on the road of life and peace, amen, where things are working right, staying blessed, amen, hallelujah. And the more blessed you are, the more you can be a blessing, praise God. So what you think about, what you think about and what you meditate on is very key, praise God, when it comes time to aim in the mind, praise God. Hope you got something today. Father, I give you praise and glory. Once again, we're thankful for the people that had an ear to hear, a heart to receive. Thank you for opening the eyes of our understanding. And Father, I give you praise and glory for all of it. Father, forgive us for the times that we yielded to the wrong thoughts. But Lord, I thank you that from here on out, we choose life. We choose the higher thoughts. We choose your ways, praise God, your principles. Hallelujah. We choose to think your thoughts. For that, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I call you blessed. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WO victory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.